Okay, everybody, welcome to Whatever episode 32. Um, this week we've got some fantastic news about The Killing Joke uh, animated adaptation. We've got some new stuff from Marvel. A little show uh, came out this week called Daredevil. I don't know. Maybe it'll be all right. Um, we've got some more to talk about about Luke Cage and Iron Fist, who is also going to be part of The Defenders, uh, which is coming up with Netflix. We're going to talk a little bit about Saga and uh, probably skip over the part where we should be talking about Spawn or The Dark Knight Turns because I didn't fucking read it this week. And uh, a couple more, so let's get to it. Right on. Yeah. I'm Eddie. I'm not drunk enough yet. No, nope, me neither. All right. Keep going. <laughs> shows, shows. Here we go. Yeah, we're getting there. Oh, on the iPad. Oh, fuck. And now it's recorded for all of history. Um, uh, well, I'm just going to it, but then I realized how great it was. Now I'm definitely not going to look at it. <laughs> Okay, let's jump right in there. The killing joke, man. Yeah, um, so I think we, and we talked about this months ago. I'm not going to say we broke it, but we did talk about it yeah, right yeah. when it was announced um, that Hamill was coming back as the Joker. But what we didn't know was whether or not Conroy was on board. I guess that at that time it must have been like a really, really strong rumor, but I just took it as gospel right then. Like that, right. that Conroy and, and Hamill were both coming back for the killing joke. So, um, but it's official now. Like that's, that's, it's no longer a rumor. Like it's everybody's public about it and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm so excited because a, um, this is not how we've seen Hamill's Joker and this isn't really how we've seen, well, I guess Conroy's Batman isn't that far of a take from, you know, Batman in general, but, uh, definitely for, for the Joker, this is quite a bit of a different Joker than I think Hamill's used to playing. That's true in a sense, but I think what we're going to get in this movie is, is a, a, a way badass animated movie. Yeah. With the voices that we're used to. And it's kind of going to be the perfect blend of, I think, um, Batman, the animated series meets, uh, the Arkham, uh, Asylum and Arkham City games because Hamill's still the Joker in those, but he's way more vicious and way more violent than he was in, in Ooh, the Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and, I, and Conroy's character's a little bit darker uh, as well in those games than he is in, in the, uh, I, I want to say lighthearted. It's not really lighthearted, but the somewhat less dark Batman the animated series. Yeah, that's true. You got a point there. Um, I'm super excited for it though because I think this is even going to be another notch up from where Arkham is in in terms of like a pure Joker psychopathy, you know. Yeah. Oh no, totally cuz this is going to be a movie and it's not going to be I mean it's a story we're familiar with if I mean and anybody can be if they go out and read the comic books which this story is available like crazy anywhere you go like bookstores, Amazon, whatever, you can get it in softback, you can get it in hardback. Yeah, I think I actually might have read it on the Kindle app actually for iPad which is sounds weird but because I didn't know that they even sold comics on Kindle but they do turns yeah. out yeah um I think I bought my wife the hardback edition of it for Christmas one year yeah so uh the other thing we should mention too is if you're thinking about reading comics or you're kind of on the fence about reading comics or you thinking you might want to get into reading some Batman comics this is sort of like one of the the best Batman stories like there's a there's a I don't know, four or five that come right to mind when I think of, you know, what Batman stories to read. Um, number, you know, I, I don't know that I'd order them, but The Dark Knight Returns is obviously one of our favorites. We've talked about sure. that a lot. Long Halloween. Um, Long Halloween's a really, really good one to get into. It's a good getting your feet wet Batman story. Yep. Lots of uh, inspiration taken for the uh, Nolan universe, too, um, from Long Halloween. Right. Uh, right up that alley, too, would be year one. Year one's quite... Uh, 
a little bit of a different Batman story from the long Halloween, uh, although pretty similar. It's I another mean, Frank Miller story as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, not, not in the Dark Knight setting. Right. Um, but lots of inspiration taken from that, too, for uh, the Nolan universe. Um, gosh, the, the the Killing Joke is another one of my favorite Batman stories. Uh, and actually, there's a, um, I do like a couple of the new 52 stories up there, too. Like, uh, I, I really like the Night, the, uh, Night of, of the Owls. Court of Owls, yeah. And then, uh, I Death, don't know what we're Death calling it. Death of the it. Family. Death of the Family was really good. And I'm not sure what we're calling the last one, the Bloom arc. But the blue mark is pretty solid too. The not Bruce Wayne Batman arc, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually really excited about about this because, um, in fact, I'm gonna tell Sam to get on that because we are gonna have Sam come on the show um, and talk to us uh, about the uh, Snyder oh, Batman. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, just kind of a, a good high level look at the whole thing. I mean, we can talk about some of the the, the broken down story arcs and whatnot as well. But um, since the Snyder run and, and the Batman run as we know it right now is, is coming to an end in the next couple of months. I think it's going to be a good opportunity to talk about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, but super excited again about Hamill and, and Conroy being confirmed to be back on this. Yeah. I, I could not be happy. Like, um, I'm not going to say that the recent animated forays have been bad. They've been okay. But, um, as much as this is a rehash, uh, anyway, as much as this is a rehash, um, not a rehash, but an adaptation of a story I already know. I'm really excited for it because it is one of the be- the one of the best Batman stories, you know. I think. Yeah, and I, I overall some of the um, the the Justice League uh, cartoon movies, the the feature length uh, animated films that have actually uh, been adaptations of comic book stories in the past have been pretty good. The Flashpoint Paradox I was just going to really say good. fucking great. Um, there's another one that I can't remember. Um, War. Uh, Justice League War was like an adaptation of the first, uh, I don't know, 10 books of uh, the new 52 Justice League. Oh, see, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, there and then was... there was um, Throne of Atlantis, maybe? Um, Which is like a, another say... adaptation of a uh, new 52 story revolving kind of around Aquaman. For some reason, I want to say like Tale of Two Cities, but obviously that's a Dickens book, not a yeah. Justice League story. But it... Tower of Babel? Uh, Tower of ba- Babel is a good story anyway, but... Yeah, I think Doom... Justice League Doom is the the animated movie, and it's based on the Tower of Babel storyline, which is of course the one where Batman has plans to fuck up the whole Justice League, and somebody steals him and does exactly that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll find it at some point, and and we'll we'll throw a link up or something like that. But it's one of the actual first uh, feature like animated films that they started doing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we have to go back a ways for that one. I'm not sure. That I actually I own that the, the physical copy of it on DVD, which is... That's how old it is. It's, yeah, because at the, at the time, there wasn't a hundred of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, Blu-ray wasn't really a thing that everybody had yet, so... Yeah. Um, I also stuck some show notes, uh, some tweets in the show notes. Um, We've got a ton of cool uh, tweets from Mark Hamill. Yeah, he's been uh, busy. Um, yeah, he's been busy. He's been tweeting a lot of cool shit, though, in regards to the uh, Killing Joke and his part in it, the Joker. Um, definitely go check those out. They're pretty awesome. And then some super supportive tweets about uh, Daisy Ridley and and some of the uh, flack that she's gotten for being thin. Uh, yeah. Which, honestly, that's stupid because 
I don't know. This is, this is such a stupid fucking country. Like it, it is. Sometimes, like we just go completely off the deep end with stupidity. Like we've gone so far. Like first off, America, not surprising to most people, is kind of a fat country. And like I'm not making fun. Like I'm I'm heavily. You know I'm not heavily. I, well, yeah, I'm overweight. Like I'm definitely yeah. on the obesity scale. Uh, um, but I don't pretend that I'm. You know the normal picture of a human or anything like Nor that. Nor do I think people who don't look like me should be ashamed of themselves for not being blubbering fucking whales that right. drink beer all day. Right. I, I don't. I don't go to like. I don't look at the populace of other entire other countries who have this shit under control, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're too skinny. Those goddamn Japs. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe too soon. Uh, I, I don't know. Are they still pissed about the whole uh, Hiroshima thing? Uh, maybe. I don't know. All right. We apologize to uh, any of our Japanese listener. <laughs> One. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. This whole manufactured controversy that uh, everybody seems to be involved in, like it. Uh, Fat just, shaming and skinny shaming and yeah. whatever else, like dog lover shaming. Like, I just. And I don't mean like bestiality i just mean people that like dogs like i I get it i mean i get it when you know like when i was 12 i used to get really upset about how other people look too and and try to make that a big deal but no actually i don't think i did even when i was 12 i wasn't the stupid no but i think most people are supposed to grow out of it around the time they're 12 or 13 yeah 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 all right just saying everybody some people don't grow out of it and then they're the number one front runner for political office (laughs) weird (laughs) it's true um you know, that big giant wall will work, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially if we get somebody else to pay for it, right? Yeah, I mean, Me- work. Mexico is clearly going to want to build us a wall to keep, yeah. <laughs> to keep them out. Oh, my God. Oh, America. Um, all right, let's move on to something a little bit cooler. <laughs> uh, we have six clips from uh, Batman versus Superman. Did you get a chance to watch any of these? No. And I forgot to tell you to do it before the show. We were just sitting here watching some of the clips that you'd missed over the course of the thing. But um, actually, you know what? We'll be back in just a minute. So, what'd you think? Um, those those were interesting. Um, I know you've got problems with the Lex speech. You're not a big fan of Eisenberg so uh, far. It, it just it's I, I you know I hate it actually. I think I'm not going to beat around the bush on this one. I don't know if he's right for this part. We'll see. I haven't seen the movie yet. All I've seen is a couple of clips from a trailer and here and there. Uh, but I don't like it. Here's the thing about Eisenberg. He's super talented. He is. It's That's just, what I hate even more about it. It. it I, I think we're getting to the point, though, where um, Hollywood in general is like, oh, well, what can we put Jesse Eisenberg in now? Uh, maybe. Um, and I, I think this is kind of like the first step in that direction. Maybe maybe they'll get enough feedback on it that, that they stop or whatnot, because he's he is good in a lot of things that he does. Um, now You See Me, did you see that movie? I it's the magic one? Do not think I did, actually. It's got Woody Harrelson in it. Um no, I definitely didn't. Isla Fisher in it, super hot. Yeah, Sasha Baron I, I was Cohen. Just say, Way to go! I should because I totally have a secret crush on Isla Fisher. Just I guess not a secret anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no that that movie's super good. Um, it's also a really good performance by Ruffalo. Um, really? Yeah, he's in it too, and it, and he's super good. So, uh, things like that, like he's really good at 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 movies like that. The Social Network, he was amazing in. Yeah, I was just going to say the other th- uh, that may be part of it, too. My subconscious keeps seeing Mark Zuckerberg threatening Superman. <laughs> Which, you know, could happen. Yeah, I mean, he has Facebook. Lex Luthor rich, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> Just about. And actually, Facebook gets into some weird shit, too. They like, do. They do. Um, you know, it's not all just about sharing cat pictures and your stupid uh, political affiliations, folks. Yeah. Uh, Zuckerberg's got some shit up his sleeve. Yeah. Um, 
so i mean that that aside i mean we haven't really seen the movie yet so we can't say yes or no he was great in it we don't i mean we don't know any of his uh we don't know the the lex backstory yet in this uh, it's particular not adaptation. it's not joker bad for me like the the leto joker so far i just there something magical is going to have to happen on screen for me to not hate what they're doing with the joker yeah um eisenberg i'll, I'll just say like I, i'm pretty cautious about this one like i i don't like it so far maybe i'm going to be wrong and and you know maybe because i'm only seeing clips here and there i'm not seeing the full length of the performance and stuff uh but so far i don't like it um i'm gonna throw this out there i wasn't a big fan of amy adams as lois lane when i first saw the previews for man of steel uh because the clips didn't really do it any justice um as far as what she did with the character i'm not still entirely sold on on the fact that she's lois lane um but it was what she did in the in Man of Steel was at, at least serviceable, and I I didn't have any complaints after I saw it. Actually, the little clip that we couldn't get to load right now is probably the the um that's probably where I was like, oh yeah, okay, she's Lois Lane, that makes sense. Like um in in Man of Steel, first off, the movie has a lot of flaws, but I never really saw her much as Lois Lane because they kind of skipped all the stuff that makes Lois Lane Lois Lane, except for that first you know fifteen minute montage before they you know when they get get to Antarctica. Yeah. And after that, it was just Superman She's breaking shit. She's not confused and... about who Superman is in any way, shape, or form either. Yeah, and which Lois... is kind of a like. I think mean, we talked about this in our, during our roundtable. That that's kind of like Lois's hallmark failure is not recognizing Clark Kent for being, being the who world's he is. best reporter. You know, you right. think she'd figure that out, which yeah. she did. So I was I was fine with that, but. She spends most of Man of Steel with kind of being a damsel in distress. I mean, I mean, not, not I don't know, a uh, new century damsel in distress, which is to say, you know, when you're fighting superpowered gods, there's not a lot you can do. But um, she, she just kind of serves as a foible in this yeah. movie. Um, so I liked seeing that little clip in uh, this thing and what it's going to look like she's doing in Batman versus Superman because um, it, it, it does, you know, show her being the character a little bit better. Yeah. Um Everything else is kind of pretty straightforward in, in these clips that I, that I was expecting. Um, like um, the fight scene, you had mentioned that it's, I mean, the similarities between uh, this and The Dark Knight Returns, pretty laughable at this point because it's almost just like, they're like, oh, look, fucking Frank Miller storyboarded this scene for us in 1986. We're good. Yeah, it is a little like that, um, which don't get me wrong. I'm fine with. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> I, I want to see that. I'm a little disappointed that I'm fairly sure that clip we see uh, um, should have been, you know, that era, that that uh, thing that gets shot at Superman probably should have been shot at Green Arrow. Uh, if you haven't read the Dark or Knight Returns. Yeah, should have been shot by Green Arrow. Um, so anyway, if you haven't read the Dark Knight Returns, go check it out and you'll see what I'm talking yeah, about. Anybody, anybody listening to this, um, and this includes you, brother, um, go read the dark knight returns before you go see this movie because you'll be happy you did oh yeah it'll give you such an appreciation i think of what's happening on screen too in a lot of ways um the other scene alfred and batman uh you know there's it's not been a lot 20 more, years yeah there's not yeah. a lot in this scene that we haven't seen in the other previews except for the part where he mentions that how how long they've been doing what they've been doing in gotham city yeah which it's, is he says you know it's been 20 years essentially so they he's been batman for 20 years at this point or approximately yeah maybe it's only 19 but it's been a good fucking long while what i like about affleck in this role too is that he's he's old enough now that he can actually pull that off and have it be believable but he's still not so old that he's completely fucking decrepit like uh, bruce wayne is in the dark knight returns because he's he's pretty old like he's chiding himself throughout the whole book for being old and stupid yeah slow old yeah. and slow 
um, which, you know, don't get me wrong, the, the Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight Returns is still, you know, faster than your average human by, you know, probably a factor of 20. Yeah. Um, but Bruce, Man- Bruce uh, Batman at his peak uh, um, is, you know, practically not human anymore. Yeah. So, I, and I think that's a little bit more what we're seeing here. Like, um, first off, this is a good Batman uh, to have go up against Superman. Uh, it's another, you know, we've talked about this before, but uh, Nolan's Batman never would have worked with the no. Superman in the film because he's just, he's too human. Uh, this Batman strikes me as, as you know, uh, still human, but uh, but at the absolute top end of what humans could be, essentially. Yeah. The the Nolan Batman, I I like Christian Bale too, and I, I liked his Batman for what it was, but I mean, for this universe, it's, it's definitely not going to work. Definitely. Like, I don't like that you can fly. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a good thing we're making fun of the Batman voice. No one's done that yet. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of that, dude, I, I, I listened to, um, uh, and I mentioned this before, there's a, another podcast I listen to called Talk is Jericho with Chris Jericho. Uh-huh. Um, he is loosely affiliated with a comedy troupe called Team Tiger Awesome, and they film comedy shorts and whatnot. In fact, there's a whole shitload of them on um, Comedy Central uh, called Nothing to Report that he stars in and whatnot uh-huh. with Team Tiger Awesome. And they're pretty funny guys, and a lot of them are actually super nerdy, too. So they, they actually talked a lot about this particular movie um, as well. And they were really super down on the fact that Affleck's voice was like digitally modulated um, when he's in the bat suit, at least when he's in the... Um, no, we've seen a clip where it's actually modulated in the normal suit, too. Yeah, um, but I think we talked about this a long time ago when we first started talking about this particular movie, and man, I'm of the opinion that digitally modulating the voice is the only way that you can get away with doing it without having to make up a stupid voice. See, I'm okay with it, too, although I will say, like, if they were going to not do that, Ben Affleck's the dude they should have not done that with. Yeah, like, that's, that's probably true. Like, hearing him talk to Alfred in that scene, it's like, well, you put the cowl on him, and I'd be like, right there. Not quite Conroy good, but up there. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I mean, the modulation thing, I think, is a perfectly believable, you know, thing to do perfectly fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think that they probably could have gotten away with not doing that and just sticking with Affleck yeah. uh, doing his regular voice. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, But, but I do, I, yeah that's that's the one part that i'm like i can't even blame them for doing though in this particular case because oh yeah no no no. nobody's done his voice uh keaton was all right i think but then keaton also wasn't a good bruce wayne um kilmer was a good bruce wayne terrible batman clooney we won't even talk about that no and then christian bale like his like got more gravelly begins was okay i think but uh it was over the top after that and it just got more and more over the top yeah. Like for everything that Bane's voice irritated people in in uh, Dark Knight Rises, Bale's voice as Batman was one thing that like I was just like, well, look what that guy's doing. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, people have beat that beat beat to death the, the voice in in uh, the Nolan universe, and it does drive me a little crazy, but. This one I think is fine. Like I think it's perfectly fine to do it this way, and it does give um a little bit more gravitas you know to the character you know whose voice i'm not as okay with is that wonder woman's really yeah see i this is the first time that i was kind of on board with gal gadot as wonder woman too no i think she's a super super talented performer i i really do i just like she can't shake the the south american accent and yeah that's true like, See, but I gave that to her because, like, she, she's uh, she's supposed to be Amazonian, you know, Thermoscara, 
Sure. Uh, so I gave the whole, you know, like she sounds, you know, like the rest of us would just mistake that for being, you know, exotic. And so right. I, I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, she seems like she should be pandering a drug lord for Coke and not being Wonder Woman. See, now you're just being racist. I'm not being racist. We, it's just, we just nailed Japan. Now we're moving on to South America. I'm not being racist She's at all. She's not Colombian. Am I, are okay. you sure? <laughs> Is she? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> no, I think she's like Middle Eastern, actually. Is she? I thought so. I don't know where she's from. I don't fucking know. Um, it, it sounds really South American, though. It does. And I'm not saying that she's going to be terrible at it. I just want... The South American accent, to me, does not convey uh, Greek island. No, that's true, too. But like I said, I was just being you know pretty plain and just saying, oh, well, it doesn't sound like us Americans. And so I'm fine with it. And And again... She's super pretty and very talented. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not dissing her See, for but anything. The thing was, I was worried she was going to be tiny, uh, like way too small. And she's, she's kind of tall. She, yeah, she actually standing next to Affleck. Like, um, first off, she's not like a. If we were going purely on build, I would say um, that one chick who used to be like an MMA fighter. She's Israeli. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for th- that had that one movie Haywire, uh, she would probably be my perfect, you know, body type for Wonder Woman. But um, Gal Gadot uh, um, is really pulling it off a lot better than I expected. Yeah, no, I and I think her performance as Wonder Woman is going to be fucking stellar. Um, it's oh, just so far, like the Wonder Woman scream too. That's pretty badass. And, like, and I got... honestly, we don't even know that that accent isn't something that she put on just for her not superhero persona either so i mean i'm not saying it is i'm not trying to make excuses and i'm not apologizing for my opinion on it either it's just one of those things where we we still haven't seen the movie yet either so we really don't know See, how all i guess i'm fit together. just getting lazy in my um nerdery like the only thing that, no that's not true because i was hating all over lex for how lex sounds but i don't mind wonder woman whatever uh i don't want mind wonder woman and i don't mind batman it's fine all right, so we've got some more Batman Superman quasi news. This isn't really news. Uh, this is actually kind of a funny clip um, of Henry Cavill walking around downtown New York uh, against a giant fucking billboard for Batman versus Superman, wearing a Superman T-shirt and having nobody recognize him. Uh, uh, you know, so maybe the glasses thing will work out okay. Actually. Oh, okay. You skipped over one, but okay. I did because th- this, this was, was more this directly is, related. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. I didn't look yeah. at this picture. This is pretty funny. This is a, it's a clip from Instagram and Cavill's literally standing in Times Square under a Batman <laughs> Superman sign. Yeah. And, and if you're from like a small dinky town, like we are, this is not like a small, this is like a building size build billboard for Batman v Superman. Um, and everybody's like, nah, and just keeps walking. Like, uh, on the Reddit thread, I think somebody was like, well, yeah, that's what happens when you get in New York during the daytime. Like, nobody fucking cares. Like, if the Pope were riding around helicoptering his dick with a Pope hat on, uh, no, everybody would be like, dude, I'm late. Get out of my way. Yeah, that's just, I think that's part of the jaded New Yorker mentality. They're just like, meh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Huh? Yeah. I, I kind of figured that's how it was. Like, it's just seconds after that clip ended, some guy bumped into him. He's like, hey, fucking Superman, what are you doing? I'm walking here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck out of the way, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> probably um man we're gonna get our asses kicked if we ever go to new york yeah probably all right uh so that was funny check it out it's fun um we have another piece of uh news tangentially related uh amber heard confirms her role as mara in justice league and aquaman super excited about this actually yeah so um i don't have a lot of familiarity with uh 
Aquaman. I mean, I know who Mara is, sort of. So let, let why don't you, yeah, um, tell me more. So first off, I'm going to recommend that you read at least the first 10, 15, maybe 20 issues of Aquaman from the New 52. I well, I haven't read a single one, so uh, they're Jeff Johns books, uh-huh. um, and which we've gone on record as being fans of. Yeah, she plays a big role in it, um, and actually, like the first book. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna read Aquaman anyway, like Johns really did something for Aquaman that nobody else has really been able to do. Um, which is write him as a complete and total fucking badass. Dude, I'm so excited to see uh, um, fucking Ronan play Aquaman. Jason Momoa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny, I still think of him as Ronan. Uh, but anyway, I'm so excited to see Jason Momoa as Aquaman because all the you know bullshit Aquaman jokes that have been going on for the last 30 or so years... Like, is going to put that shit down right away. Like, there's just no way. Like, even if he was sitting there knitting a doily for the whole fucking movie, I'd still be like, holy shit, dude, Aquaman, did you see that shit? Yeah. Um, actually, it was funny because Chris Jericho and Team Tiger Awesome were talking about Momoa as well, and they weren't so excited about seeing him as Aquaman. Um, but Jericho made reference to Momoa and Rob Trujillo and I think Roman Reigns from wwe is all being actually the same guy just <laughs> uh, uh, it's funny because we were talking about personas we were talking about isla, isla fisher and amy adams too like if they just tagged in in the middle of the movie i probably never wouldn't even notice no amy adams has that nose though it's yeah, super pointy and isla fisher's yeah. isn't maybe I'm, I'm not i'm not talking shit i'm just isla fisher i it's think a, it's a prominent feature is what you're saying it is it is very noticeable at yeah least, I, I get him confused all the time to the trained eye it's like uh um uh, Katy Perry and Zoe Deschanel. Like, if they stand right next to each other, I couldn't tell which is which. Yeah. 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 Th- there's, uh, I don't know, this is kind of like a weird theory of mine, but I think there's probably only like six body archetypes for, like, humanity. And, like, you're one of the, may- maybe per race, I-, I think. Maybe per race. But there's like oh, six. Now, who, now who's bringing race into it? Okay, well, I'm saying that's not racist. <laughs> I'm just saying there's like six body archetypes and you fit one of them. You know, like uh, uh, I'm a pretty stereotypical ginger Irish guy, you know. Well, not yeah. ginger really, but. No, it's because you're gray now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, gray hair. <laughs> At least I'm not ginger anymore. Um, so anyway, uh, Amber Heard, Mira, and uh, Justice League. Yeah, super excited. Um Again, anybody anybody listening that wants to get a, a, a good background on this character, read read the New Fifty Two Aquaman at least the first several issues to get a good idea of what what she's all about. Yeah, and I think if you're feeling lazy, I do think the animated um, Justice League Throne of Atlantis does feature her relatively prominently. If you just want to watch that, like that. an alt reality kind of thing, though. I don't think so. No, I think that's straight out of the Justice League book. Is it? I'm pretty sure. It could be. It's the one where. Um, Aquaman's brother, I forget his name. It's Orm. something stupid. Orm, yeah. Uh, Orm tries to take over land, essentially. Yeah, I fucking read Aquaman, all right? No, <laughs> I don't need no. more, but I used to. It's legit. I mean, like I said, Aquaman is not a little bitch, guys. Like I, I And this is why I'm excited to see uh, Momoa do the character, because it's going to be hard making Momoa look like a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, look at that guy. He just talks to fish. Fuck you. Yeah. And then he body slams a whale or something stupid like that because Momo is like actually that big. Like I'd buy that if he just did it on the street. And then bends Daenerys over and oh yeah. wait, no. <laughs> different, different, different. Uh, that's an elsewhere story, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, on to TV news. We haven't got to talk about the Flash for like three fucking weeks now it because fucking been on. Yeah, I don't know what's with TV, but like everybody's like, oh, you know what we're not gonna do have anything on in march um so like a lot of the shows that i'm watching with um a couple of notable exceptions um oh you know what also needs to go on here sorry add um 
Supergirl. We need to talk about Supergirl this week. Uh, but anyway, The Flash. I watched it yet this week. Oh, fuck you. Um, the Flash. Uh, we have a little bit of news from The Flash. We've got a teaser trailer, essentially, for the next episode. Uh, um, and it looks like it, we're getting a female speedster. Yeah, I did. That, that was in a preview from the last episode, however fucking many years ago it was, the last time they had a new episode. Yeah, and I know you're thinking it's Jesse Quick. It's not. It's not Jesse Quick. Yeah, it's totally not. That was what I thought, too. And this is not a, a, a speedster with uh, good intentions, either, from my understanding. It does not seem that way. I get the feeling, at least from the tiny little 30-second teaser, we're seeing that she's maybe like a gray character. Um, yeah, I don't think she's evil, necessarily, but I, I think she's definitely breaking the law. Yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling that we're going to see something similar like Captain Cold's sort of bad guy. Could be. At least Flash universe concern. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we're getting more speedsters on the Flash, which uh, is kind of neat. Also, was Legends on this week? Because I haven't watched that yet either. I do not remember. Red Hunt. Yeah, I can check, actually. Um, we'll, why don't we start? We'll talk about Marvel stuff and all. Or actually, yeah, I guess we're going to skip Supergirl, too, because um, you didn't watch Supergirl I didn't watch this week. it, but I, I saw you tweet about it, and you're like, wow, this is now I have to watch this show, which is a huge fucking mark, considering where we started with this show when it first launched. Yeah, it was a good episode. You should check it out and see if you, you uh, feel the same way. But, yeah. Um, I, I, see, uh, you I know, actually, that that, with, with that, my little kid, like she, she really likes that show. Which, I mean, that's because she doesn't really understand dialogue yet. Yeah, um, and it, it to her, it's probably just Supergirl being badass yeah, the whole show, which yeah, is. is cool for little girls, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my tweet might have been a little uh, aggressive, but it, it was a really good episode. So, um, and especially for Supergirl, which I've not really been all that impressed with. This this was one where I was yeah, like, you oh. were putting a lot of eggs in that basket. I was kind of like, uh, actually, like, oh man, I, I, you know, like normally when I watch Supergirl, I watch it like while I'm doing something else, essentially, right. like it's on, uh, you know, an, another screen while I'm, you know, dicking around on Reddit or something. Um, but this one, actually, I kind of stopped and paid attention to. It was a fun episode. So, um, yeah. Uh, also, Gotham. I'm starting to get more caught up on. I think I'm only five episodes behind now. Yeah, um, Gotham. I'm caught up on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we'll have to actually kind of do a, a a big run through that once once I'm I'm fully caught up, so we can. Yeah, Gotham. Gotham has definitely moved into a um, like I want to watch it as soon as possible. It's not quite like a cancel my day. I'll I'll need to watch it on you know Monday when it comes out. And actually, Supergolf kind of falls on that. Like I I do literally almost plan my week around the Flash. Right. Um, but Supergirl and Gotham are, are pretty cool, but uh, and I want to watch them pretty soon, but it's not like, God, I need it right now. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got a couple shows that I need to actually, actually put a concerted effort into watching. Uh, Gotham's one of them. Supergirl, obviously. I'm only one episode behind on that. I haven't watched S.H.I.E.L.D., though, since it's been back either. And Dude. I understand those are good episodes. So, Dude. That's actually, you know, we're, we're kind of even now for me you know reading spawn because yeah. shield's pretty solid right now too although in fairness i haven't finished carter yet so yeah and i did finish that so yeah um we'll make it a plan when we when we come back next week to be able to talk about some of these things that neither one of us have actually done yep um uh, in the meantime though uh yesterday actually um and when i say yesterday i mean friday the 18th daredevil dropped uh season two on netflix Mm-hmm. which for the first time in history i'm actually farther into than eddie is also uh no new legends this week okay good then i'm yeah. not behind on that easy 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So Daredevil came out this week, and I've only seen an episode, and it was really, really, really hard to pry myself away from the, the uh, first five minutes of the second one. Yeah. Like I made the mistake of thinking that I was going to be able to go to work and and throw it on Netflix and and uh, do some other stuff while I was like listening to what was going on because the the first season of Daredevil. Um, don't get me wrong; it started out good, but like you definitely didn't have to have your eyes glued to it necessarily. It slowed down um, pretty significant, at least action wise. It had its moments in pretty much every episode, but most of the most of it, I kind of saw this with with Jessica Jones too. It's almost like they wanted to make a splash and get you hooked, so they you know used up all their big actiony choreography budget in the beginning. Um, you know, and then had a few splashes here and there as the series progressed. But uh, yeah, I guess maybe it's just because we're in the beginning. But season one was pretty awesome. I thought. Um, do you remember how hyped I was? Episode one, rather. Do you remember how hyped I was about season one, episode two? I think it was where they had that big fight in the oh, hallway. Oh, the hallway scene. Yeah, every fucking buddy was like, I, I think I talked to you about that probably even before you'd seen it. And I was like, dude, you got to go watch the hallway scene. Like, it's amazing. Um, no, because I think we <laughs> no we talked about that on the very first episode. That was our very first podcast. Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That takes me back a ways. Um, <clears throat> so they they and and I'm not gonna spoil anything, but there's a fight scene, and I think it's either episode two or three. They basically took what they did in the hallway and fucking turned it to eleven. Well, I've heard that somebody, uh, or I read that earlier today. Um, somebody was talking about like basically a five minute cut fight scene. It it is fucking amazing and See, i'm almost positive it's in episode three now uh now this, that this is why it. i'm gonna be super tired tomorrow because like i said i'm only five minutes into episode two and, and i'm like dying to see this well and i think we we saw the the still of daredevil bound in chains on on a rooftop somewhere this fight scene follows that and it also follows one of the preeminent pieces of dialogue between um the Punisher and, and Daredevil. So yeah, spoilers if you hadn't seen any of the trailers or listened to any of the last like ten episodes we've done. But yeah, the Punishers in this up uh, this season. And that's that's all I'm gonna say about it because it it was super good. Nutty hasn't seen it yet. I was all excited because usually he just crushes these shows when they come out. And uh, I knew it came out last night, and he planned on watching some of it at least last night. And I was like, Did well, I'm not gonna get a chance to watch it until Saturday. So I go to work, and then I I'm texting him in the middle of the day. I'm like, dude, two and a half episodes in, blah blah blah, and he's like. I'm only through the first episode. Yeah. Um, I actually think I might get my nerd card revoked because um, it actually dropped uh, Friday at 12 a.m., which would really have been Thursday, you know, night. Thursday night. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought I thought they came out Friday for some reason. I had it in my head it was going to be like Friday night at 12. So I could have stayed up and watched the first episode that night. I'd have been really tired the next day, but it's actually kind of a good thing I didn't know that because I probably would have. Like, that's how I got through Daredevil the first time was... It's only 2 a.m. I can watch one more. Like, how much sleep does anybody really need? You know? Right. So, yeah, we're only two episodes into Daredevil, um, at least as a team. I'm loving it so far. Uh, I'm three episodes in. Yeah. Well, as a team. like Oh, you're, you're, you're the, splitting the difference? Yeah. Weakest link here. Uh, but so far, it's really great. And everything Matt said to me, which admittedly, he's been very careful about spoilers. Uh, but everything he said so far is only like, well, I guess I'm going to record the rest of this fucking podcast and then get home as fast as possible and watch the rest of the season. So, yeah, because I'm, I'm probably going to go to bed tonight and murder a whole bunch more of it as well. And I don't have to work tomorrow. So, yep, I'd say the same thing. Like, uh, don't be surprised if you see me tweeting at like 3 a.m. Uh, about Daredevil. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so also in the Daredevil news, uh, we've already seen Luke Cage, mainly in Jessica Jones. I don't, yeah, just in Jessica Jones, really. Um, but he's getting his own show. It's coming up uh, in September, and we got September our first thirty. I think. Yeah, we've got our first teaser for that. Um, it, it's a teaser. It's only like thirty seconds long, but and we've already kind of been introduced to the character. But it looks pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. That's yeah. Uh. I gotta I gotta go through and finish Jessica Jones now, and I'm I'm gonna make a an actual effort to do that now that Daredevil's out. Like I'm gonna watch Daredevil first. Don't get me wrong, because that show, fucking badass. Yeah. Um. And it's not not that there's anything wrong with Jessica Jones necessarily, because I really dig Kristen Ritter and a lot of stuff that she's in, including this show. I'm just not into Jessica Jones as, as much as I am Daredevil right now. You know, that's kind of the um. This is kind of Netflix's like uh uh. Guardians, I think a little bit. Like, I don't think Jessica Jones has ever been a popular superhero. No. Uh, I mean, at least outside of, especially outside of the mainstream. Of course, with the exception of Daredevil, Daredevil is the only one of the Defenders so far that I've seen that I would really call, you know, semi-mainstream or that I'd expect anybody's heard of. Um, But Jessica Jones, at least so. Um, Daredevil's never carried an Avengers card, has he? I don't think he has. That's interesting. I'll have to, I actually have to research that. Shit. There's like this one great image floating around on the internet and it's uh, talking about how like, um, um, gosh, I can't remember which hero, but one of the heroes has like the entire galaxy and then there's like Iron Man, you know, basically patrolling the whole world and then Spider-Man's got New York and then Daredevil's like micromanaging the shit out of 10 blocks of uh, New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I love Daredevil, so whatever. I do too. Um, and, Kevin Smith actually today uh, he he posted in, uh, on Facebook and tweeted as well a, 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 an image of the dude he had in the Daredevil costume for um, I think it was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back uh-huh. and that was done before it, the director of Daredevil actually was the one in the costume doing that scene and it was actually before he'd been hired to direct Daredevil and stuff oh so that's it awesome was, it was kind of cool and and then uh, Smith went on to talk about how he uh, he's not sure if he enjoys watching superhero movies or shows now more than he likes directing them, like, because he's directing the flash and shit. Um, and speaking, we didn't put anything in the show notes this week, but he's been super, super active on social media. Again, posting pictures of him with Grant Gustin. Yeah. Um, he's been doing the flash, I think, uh, for the last it's week an eight or day so. Shoot, so he's been, he's been working on it, uh, quite a bit. Um, really, really positive remarks from him about the cast. He basically doesn't even consider what he's doing right now directing because they, they're already such a great ensemble and they work well together anyway that he's just kind of letting them do their thing. See, don't you think that Kevin Smith, um, like that could be sort of his renaissance as a director. Like uh, Kevin's done a lot of, you know, really small budget, um, heavily dialogue driven, you know, uh, yeah. um, type of things. Uh, I really think that given his passion for... Um, superheroes and comics and all that stuff this could be you know really where he shines yeah uh, a lot of people were concerned that he was going to do something stupid like put jay and silent bob in somewhere and he said he's not in fact on camera anywhere um, but if you look at the uh patrons of cc jitters as as you go through the coffee shop that you you may see jay muse in the background see now i was just gonna say okay it doesn't like jay and silent bob shouldn't have 
it shouldn't be like characters like they shouldn't pop out with right. you know, uh, they shouldn't be standing outside the coffee shop smoking cigarettes and yelling at women or whatever yeah jay, jay by, shouldn't but. like pop by and be like all snooch to the nooch or something yeah. like that but um <laughs> i i'd be a little disappointed if we didn't see jay muse like walking through jitters just like that yeah. so that's pretty that's pretty cool dude um i just listened to a whole bunch of uh hollywood babylon speaking of which um and this is a total side note and whatever this might get cut or it might not but uh, it's probably not i'm it, lazy it's they they did a, a a European tour. They did Ireland and then two shows in England, one in Birmingham and one in London. Right. The London show, he actually talked about um, how because they had a day off in between uh, Birmingham and London, and J.J. Abrams invited him to the set of episode seven while it was filming. Oh man! And basically, he couldn't talk about anything that happened. Oh, I don't that like. That sounds like the best worst thing ever. Well, he told the story about he got an e- an email from this dude and he was like, "Hey man, it's been a while since we've caught up. Um, shooting in London right now. If you want to come by the set and say hello and take a look around, JJ uh, Abrams, you know." And <laughs> and he, he showed his wife and she was like, "I don't think he sent this to the right Kevin because because Kevin Smith knows JJ, but not like well, like they're not like super super yeah, pals like they or bumped into each other on a set like ten years ago or something like that. Yeah." yeah maybe a little bit more than that but not yeah. like you know and so then like smith writes back and he's like yeah i'm, I'm actually going to be doing some shows in london right at that time uh so let's do it and he was like all right contact my office and they'll hook you up and stuff and then he goes and just for posterity's sake he goes i sent him another email after that that was just like just making sure you didn't send this to the wrong kevin but this is kevin smith the dude who wrote clerks and he said abram's response was perfect it was a two-word email and it just said oh fuck <laughs> that's amazing but uh he tried to he tried to vet for uh Muse and uh, garmin because they were both with him in london and whatnot and the, his office jj's office that was like super they were like we can't have anybody else oh, that- on set it's got to be just you and he was like okay fuck those guys <laughs> <laughs> like i don't blame anybody in that situation like first off it, it is probably one of the most anticipated movies of of the that decade um yeah, definitely. One yeah. of the most anticipated movies of the decade. So I understand the era of secrecy. And yeah, dude, I don't know if I love my wife enough to not be like, yep, I'm going to see Star Wars and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they, Peace he, out. He talked about getting to go to the Millennium Falcon set and they recreated like every aspect of the Falcon for for it, including like the fact that the straps and the original ones were made of bubble wrap. Like they fucking redid it in bubble wrap. Like, they didn't do anything differently on the new one than they did See, in the original. You know, people have criticisms of this movie, but there's so many lengths they went to to just make sure that it was good. And, and it really was good. I mean, yeah, there's complaints to be had. But, um, gosh, it, it's just clear that everybody loved what they were doing. And it comes across on the film, and it just makes for a better movie. This movie... And and now we're talking about episode seven and, you know, how yeah. we got there. But this we'll movie... We'll get back to Marvel in a second. This movie... um honestly it was never going to be anything but the most perfect piece of fan fiction that anybody's ever seen just i mean if it was done right you know what i mean uh, yeah so, i'd say that's fair i mean now the story can continue and we're going to see stuff that we're we're maybe maybe not everybody's going to be as hyped about or whatever but we're going to see the story continue now and it's not going to be a a, a recreation of what we've seen see, in the past it's it's going to be something new. now th- this is actually uh this made me think of a couple of different things i think i've said the same thing about the star trek reboot like please just show us something new now 
Right. Um, like we've got uh, a reboot essentially of, of uh, Star Trek movies that have already happened. Please just show us something new. And I think we're going to get that with episode eight for sure. Um, the same thing. What was I just thinking? Um, for some reason I had it in my head that I could compare this to Man of Steel, but I don't think that's correct anymore. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's exciting. I, I really wish that I was famous enough to people would just call me up and be like, Hey, you want to come see the best right. thing ever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Come on down. Um, I'm sure this podcast is going to take off like any day now. I'm sure. Yeah. And then yeah. Kevin's going to be like, Hey, think about it. Think about it. Disney. Yeah. So, um, back to the Marvel universe for a second. We talked about Luke Cage. Also, um, we're going to skip over this one for a second. Uh, Finn Jones is set to star in Netflix's Iron Fist adaptation. Finn Jones, um, you may not ne- recognize the name unless you're a huge Game of Thrones fan. Uh, that would be, uh, Loris, Loris Tyrell, um, from Game of Thrones. Gotcha. So we are actually going to get an Iron Fist series, uh, after all. I, I know it's been talked about a couple times, like we've read reports that it, it was happening, that we've read that it's not happening, that he would just be a character in The Defenders, um, possibly introduced in Luke Cage or one of the other shows or whatnot. But it, it looks like from this article that they are moving forward with the Iron Fist series, so... Yeah, you know, I think from the success of uh, um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, like, I think Netflix is saying, like, you know, sort of like uh, with the MCU, like, I think they're saying, like, oh, yeah, no, we need to build that out. Like, we we can do stuff with this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I really like Jessica Jones. Daredevil is, like, one of my favorite things ever. So I'm sure I'm going to watch uh, uh, Iron Fist. Um, and I actually like the hero, okay, too. Like, I, I haven't, again, read a whole lot of Iron Fist comics, but where I've been exposed to him, um, he seems like an interesting character. So it should be pretty good. I, I th- Yeah, he's kind of like to the Defenders what Doctor Strange is to the Avengers. Like, he kind of dabbles in the realm of mystical and whatnot and yeah. um, kind of has his role when it comes to things like that. Um, whereas, you know, the other guys are more the brawlers or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Daredevil's, I guess you can still call him a brawler. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. Dude, dude. Going back to Daredevil. Uh-huh. His fucking little cane things. Like, little- oh, those whoosh, are awesome. Whoosh. Yeah. I right? like that. He's got like the real like Daredevil, like he, he's the going actual for Daredevil weapons yeah. and shit. Yeah. Like the, the other ones were like, just, you know, some pipes that he bought at like Home Depot or some shit like that. Like I like that. He's got like the Daredevil gear now. Yeah. Um, I still wish the suit was just a little bit different, but it, it's still pretty awesome. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was referring to earlier when I said that I wouldn't tell you anything about it. But... Oh, you fuck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess, like I said, I'm gonna now I get what you were saying. Yeah. All right. So thanks for not spoiling that until I kind of tur- you know stepped in it. Um, <laughs> All right, I wasn't so, going to point out the shit, but then you stepped in and I was like, hey, there's shit on your foot now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay. Well, anyway, I, I'll see what happens. And I guess you'll see it in the next episode, dude. It's not like it's something yeah. that I'm like six episodes in and you're like, dude, you're not going to believe what fucking happened. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. it's gonna, like give away any massive plot points. No, that he gets it, a new, it totally. He gets a new, new a little gear. bit, but not much. Yeah. So. Um, X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, we have another trailer for X-Men Apocalypse. I don't know if you've seen the first trailer, but I'm way more hyped after the second one. Yeah, uh, same. And I can't I, I can't wait to show my wife uh, the new trailer because the last trailer didn't really have her enthused because she's a real big fan of First Class um, and, and probably an even bigger fan of Days of Future Past. But Days of Future Past is probably one of the best entries in the series. Yeah. Like, just on record saying it right now. Well, um, I mean, those two movies themselves could stand alone as, as a, quote, duology, even though they're part of a, a bigger picture overall. Well, um, 
the thing I well, first off, the thing I like about Days of Futures Past is that they gave us a good reason, like a nice retcon for why X three didn't happen. Or why we don't need to care about it anymore. Also X Men Origins Wolverine. Yep. Well done, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um so I really liked uh Days of Futures Past and this and I like First Class as well. And this seems to be expanding on that even more. Uh, and it looks like it does it in all the right ways. So I'm, I'm really excited for this movie. Plus, we get to see some really cool shit in there. Like uh, Nightcrawler is going to be in here. We've got Cyclops. Please don't fuck up Cyclops again. Uh, just all I'm saying. Um, don't fuck up Cyclops again. Um, Psylocke. We get to see Psylocke being pretty badass. Like, not going to lie. Cyclops was... Um James Marsden, right? Yeah, and he was fine again until he got to X3. Yeah. And then it was just like, what, why, why, what are you doing? With the whole, like, weird floating visor and the mystical flashback bullshit, bullshit they, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually liked, I, I liked his um, rapport with uh, with Logan a lot in the first one. Yeah, that, that was, was That was almost straight out of the comics, like the way that, like, he was like, hey, I'm going to nail your broad and blah, 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 and Cyclops was like, don't take my bike. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like that. I make too. fun of it, but it was actually, it was actually some really good dialogue between those two. And if you read the X-Men comics, like throughout the nineties and whatnot, like it was right up there. It was because that was a huge struggle because Logan has always been in love with Jean gray, but he's always been man enough to not just jump right in there and be like, Hey, you want to be with me instead? Yeah. Why don't you get with a real man? You know, like he's not the sleaze ball or whatnot, but which I think almost made it even worse for Cyclops because Cyclops is like, fuck, I can't even do anything to this guy because A, he'd kill me and B, he's not really even doing anything other than yeah. that he loves my woman. Yep. Like, <laughs> She's like, man, that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, so I really hope in this this movie we get to see more of like uh, Cyclops, the leader of the X-Men. Like that, that would be exciting. I don't think we're going to get that. You know, I, I'm not really sure from this. I, I don't think so either just because... Um, and Havoc's the older Summers brother in, in this There's movie. like five stars of this movie before he gets to even you know be mentioned essentially yeah so it'd be hard to see him like really coming into it i I would like a scene or two here or there that sort of leads lit hints towards the future dude the fucking the the fucking x-plane yeah yeah Yeah. that's some cool shit right there um i'm i'm i would be happy with the cyclops character going back to that like you said hints of the future i would really like to see him Brown nosing it up to, to Professor X. You know what I mean? That'd be funny. No, <laughs> He's like, sir, I, can I get you some coffee, sir? I'm yeah. not necessarily like, like that, but I mean, just being like, okay, this is what the professor said. This is what we're going to do. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Like being the faithful. The side. Yeah. The faithful companion sort of like. Yeah. Because that's what Cyclops was for a lot of years. Till he mm-hmm. killed him. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't, haven't read the comics in the last 10 years, that's your bad. Yeah. Okay, it's been like five, but whatever. Anyway, uh, this this movie looks pretty cool. Well, well, I'm sure I'll see it. I don't. Yeah, I'm probably gonna yeah. see this in the theater. Yeah. I, I saw Days of Future Past in the in the theater, and it was pretty awesome. We, we might even do a roundtable of Days of Future Past or something like that, or Ooh, or even cool. even the the first two we'll do a couple of roundtables with the. Other yeah, I could beforehand. I could see like X two X one X two and um say maybe first class. Uh, Wolverine, th- Wolverine. I'm just, I'm just saying, first class and Days of Future Past. Like we just do the roundtable for those two, and then go. Because I mean, honestly, I'm not even looking at X one or X two or any yeah, of the other movies. Yeah, they are like, pretty far removed. They're connected from... only by Wolverine, though. Pretty much. Like that's it. So that's a good point. 
Um, comics. Let's talk comics. Uh, real quick, uh, before we jump into comics, I, sure. I was reading how uh, after X-Men, or not X-Men, <laughs> fuck, fuck me. Now I'm the one that needs to get shot. Yeah. Um, after Civil War. Right. Uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark, Downey Jr., he'll have the record for the most appearances as a single comic book character. Dude, that's pretty awesome. Um, and we're still not confirmed that he's going to be in Infinity War at all at this point. But I, I assume that's probably because uh, Disney slash Marvel is like still, you know, ordering trucks, uh, you know, for all the money that they're going to have to take to him. Yeah. Like they're, uh, that's a lot of knee pads and a lot of dollar bills. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, uh you have to assume that like he's going to get some crazy insanely high uh, uh, if if he, if he does uh, uh go to the infinity war which uh, i'd be really surprised if he didn't dude he's got to have he's got to have made at least a billion dollars on all the back end and everything else that he's he's negotiated for these See movies. i don't know if it's that that much but an absurd amount of money like it's not like Downey was ever going to have to worry about money for the rest of his life but he he certainly won't, and probably his kids won't know either. Dude, I don't know, man. Like, I don't I don't know that he was going anywhere when he got out of prison. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. He he probably didn't have a ton of money by the time he was done because legal fees and all that other bullshit. Um, and I don't. He was never an A list before he went in. You know what I mean? He did some good stuff, but he was not. He was not A list. That's true. This, this so, last uh, uh, gosh, getting pretty close to ten years. I think Iron Man was two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, it has been sort of a RDJ renaissance. <laughs> Take that, Ashley. She makes fun of me for saying RDJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, take that. Okay. Yeah. She's never going to listen to this, so yeah. I, I'll have to get, when I get home, I'm going to tell her, like, by the way, I said RDJ, and now it's on the internet. And we've mentioned your name. For everybody to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, he's going to make a bucket of money either way. I, I would like to, you know, that this is one of the downsides of having like real people I- involved in movies is that like, I would like them to use Iron Man wherever it makes sense for the story. Um, but you know, there are realities involved like, well, yeah. And I've, I've read a couple articles about this now too. And they, they've talked about how like, and even Downey Jr. is like, I don't know the, the Tony Stark story has kind of been told at this point. Like there's like, we don't need more Tony Stark stories and he's kind of considering civil war as iron man four almost because it is essentially captain america three and iron man four like that's that's really yeah, kind of what this fair. is all about avengers 2.5 even yeah and so that i think you're right i mean i i think it's good if we can use him sparingly yeah. throughout um you know and and I'm, i think i've talked about this before too but i i believe the general consensus is that Infinity War Part One is we're not going to really have the original cast of the Avengers in that movie. I think it's going to be uh, the kind of the the next generation after the torch has been passed, and then that's what the the impression I get is essentially yeah, if Infinity War is is supposed to be a passing of the torch essentially. But I think in Part Two, I think we're going to start to get more bleed over, and we're going to get some of the old cast back. Um, I believe. I believe Thor Ragnarok is supposed to explain why Thor and Hulk won't be there for the first part of Infinity War. Um, I'm not sure how much the Guardians are going to be involved. I would love to see the fucking Guardians in a big all-out Avengers movie. Guardians, Guardians, I think, almost have to be in both parts of it just because it's so thinner, centered around Thanos and with Gamora being yeah. the daughter of. Yeah, that, I, I want to see that happen too. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, that cast is so fucking ridiculous good. 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, Even Groot. Yeah. I mean, he may be made of CG and like three lines from Vin Diesel, but whatever. <laughs> I like Groot. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. This is kind of an exciting time because we get to see the passing of the torch. I, you know, like I'm wondering how, how well the movies are going to do because to me it always felt like a little bit second rate. You know, like when you have sort of these sort of trade-offs, like, um, I don't know, like, uh, even reading Batman, like I just mentioned the Bloom storyline that I liked, but it's still like, well, that's not Batman. No. Yeah. Like, uh, um, the same thing, like Captain America, um, lots of people have held the title of Captain America over their years. And I'm like, but guys, that's not Steve Rogers. Like, that's not really Captain America. That's just the guy who gets to wear a suit for a little while. Bucky's excusable, I think. When he took over his cap after Civil War in the comic uh, storyline. Sam Wilson, actually, I, I was totally on board for when I first heard that he was going to be picking up the shield in the stripes because of the fact that Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers had had such a huge friendship over the years yep. and whatnot. Uh, same with Bucky. You know what I mean? Like, yep. So you can kind of get away with that. Um, what really I thought was weird in terms of comic books, and this is kind of like the big, this is the dividing line between Marvel and DC, I think. The first time Batman wasn't Batman, like Bruce Wayne, it was Jean-Paul Valley, And it was immediately following the Nightfall uh, storyline when Bane broke Bruce's back. And I think everybody just kind of always assumed that if Batman wasn't Batman, that Dick Grayson would be Batman or whatnot. Yeah. And they, they totally didn't do that. Like, they, they brought in another dude. And everybody was like, huh? Yeah. You know, actually, as, I was, as we were... Uh as we were both talking, I was actually kind of thinking Miles Morales. Um, Miles Morales is Spider-Man for me. Uh, he's not Peter Parker, uh-huh. but still totally valid in my mind. Yeah, and that was a completely different kind of thing because Spider-Man, throughout his tenure as, as Spider-Man, he hasn't really, like, he's never had sidekicks. He's never had dudes that, like, could step into that role if he wasn't right. there, uh, like Batman has or like Captain America has. Captain right. America's had, had some guys that, very easily could pick up that torch and go like the only comic character that I can think of that was really, really tight with Peter Parker was the human torch. And he's got his own thing going on. It's not like he's going to put on Spidey spandex all of a sudden and be like spider flame or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, somebody's writing the fan fiction right now. <laughs> so miles was a good step. And, and unfortunately miles was a, a product of a, a line of comic books that wasn't the, primary yeah it almost deal. would have been better i think if uh miles had been part of the the main you know the 616 right right off the bat but um you know i'm just happy because i i i like that story like i like the miles story i like how they're doing it in in you know the new spider-man book so far and how it's relating to peter parker uh, um you know like the interesting thing here is and the difference here is that the it's not really a passing of the torch uh they're both Spider-Man. Um, yeah. That, that's maybe one of the key differences. Like when Captain America's, you know, not been Steve Rogers, it's been sort of a, you know, Captain America's dead or, you know, whatever. Uh, same thing with uh, Bruce. Like when Bruce isn't Batman, it's usually because, um, you know, Bruce is dead or Bruce has gotten amnesia or Bane broke his fucking back or something. Yeah. And this is, I, I want to say the third time in main continuity that Bruce hasn't been Batman. And because uh, the... I think Final Crisis is, is when he died. Yeah, I don't think I, I haven't read Final Crisis. So it's a clusterfuck. 
I've not heard good things either, no, which is also why I haven't really. Infinite bothered. Crisis, I really dug. Uh, Final Crisis was a clusterfuck. Um, I I read the graphic novel and it was so. And this is probably one of those things where there's a whole bunch of tie-ins and whatnot that I didn't have because I I don't have the graphic novels or I don't have all the all the individual issues that go along with it. Yeah, those um, those books are hard to read. Like, yeah. oh, by the way, read these next six books. You know. Yeah, Infinite Crisis I think had tie-ins, but at least like the Infinite Crisis books told an overall story that was easy to follow and whatnot. For sure. Um. And then we finally did get to see Dick Grayson take over as Batman following the events of Final Crisis. And that was a, that was, those were good issues because honestly, Damian Wayne was Robin at that point. And so like the, the tension between those two was pretty fucking solid. Dude, you know what you might like? I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but Batman Bad Blood, uh, animated movie. Um, very similar. Uh, Dick Grayson takes over as bats for a while. You got Damian Wayne as Robin. Um, and it just almost exactly as you described it. Like there's a nice bit of tension, um, nice bit of character development from both sides. Um, totally dope. Yeah. And if you read the, uh, was it court of owls? I think. Yeah. Where they brought, uh, red hood came in and, uh, cause that's Todd, uh, Jason Todd now. Yeah. Uh, he came in and, and, uh, and was helping Bruce and, and Dick and everything else, the tension between Damien and Jason Todd was actually worse than the tension between Damien and Dick. I kind of love that, actually. Yeah. Um, How they've uh, written Jason and Damien in some of the more recent storylines has been borderline brilliant. Because Damien, Damien was raised to not give a fuck. Jason Todd learned to not give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> yep um yeah i don't know um when i first heard the idea of damian wayne i was like well that's stupid but the more damian Wayne's wayne stuff i read uh the more i like it because his interactions with dick are 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 super interesting um in that you know damian's constantly feeling like the second banana so to speak like damian uh, dick's the favored son um i don't know the whole bat family uh, again is something that I didn't really think I'd like, but the more Bat Family stuff I read, uh, just the more I enjoy it. Yeah, and it's really funny, too, because Jason Todd has killed people at this point. Yep. Um, and both Damien and Dick are kind of... they. There's a twin to jealousy in both of them when it comes to Bruce, because Bruce is super protective over Jason, because Jason was the one they let get killed. Yep. And so that 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 is a super good dynamic, and, and when you're writing good stories i mean you could really do a lot with with that particular piece of it so it's amazing how far we've come from what basically started as like a fan vote in thing yeah 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 no no kill the fucker yeah and now he's one of my favorite characters i don't even read the book that he's in regularly because it started out with uh red hood and the outlaws and now i think it's just red hood and arsenal yeah um and anybody who pays attention to the show like they know that arsenal is uh Roy Harper. Roy Harper, uh, who formerly was known as Speedy and that he got into drugs real bad and whatnot. And uh, and it's kind of funny because they don't – New 52, it, it shed a lot of dead weight or what people thought was dead weight because it turns out it's not. It's, it's relevant to the story and whatnot. But, like, they never really go into anything except for there's, like, a couple scenes where you see Oliver Queen and Roy Harper kind of in the same scene. And – Arsenal's like this doesn't change anything between us and Oliver's like didn't think it would and they just can't kind of go on doing their thing even though they're almost the same age at this point because the new 52 and the way that 
Yeah, they they kind of screwed with ages on that. They quite did. A bit. They did quite a bit. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see with Rebirth how they they go about things. I no offense to anything that's going on right now with uh, Green Arrow and whatnot, but I wouldn't mind seeing like more classic Oliver Queen come back with the blonde goatee and mustache and whatnot. When you say that, are you talking about the Arrow show on TV, or are you talking about Green Arrow the comic? Because honestly, I haven't read. Any I'm talking of about the, the comic book. I'm, yeah, the comic book for sure. Like I, I, I would because Arrow the TV show fucking do anything else. Like please, yeah, find something. Yeah, cut his arm off and make him grow a beard. Whatever. What you're doing, isn't it? Wh- what? That's all, that's all I'm saying. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about comics now. We're, were we going to talk about this last piece, or do we already cover that with the other tweets? No, no, no. That's a different thing, actually. Um. So we got a nice little tease from Mark Hamill. Um, th- this is different from the killing joke teases that we get, um, because that's a little bit more on the nose. Okay. I alluded to this, but this is, this is the one I actually was referring to when I talked about when he came out in defense of Daisy. Yeah. He says, damn Daisy, you tell him couldn't be prouder if you were my own dot, dot, dot fellow cast member. Yeah. Uh, right on Ridley body shaming BS. Yeah. So, um. Some of you uh, playing the home game might have noticed that uh, there's rather popular theory that Daisy, uh, uh, or rather Ray, her character is um, actually Luke Skywalker's kid in some way. Dude. 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 I can't fucking wait until Tuesday, April 5th. Right? Because that's when my Blu-ray is going to show up and I'm going to fucking watch this movie again. Like frame for, frame by frame, probably. Probably. Just like pause, you know. Okay. In this frame, you can see that because of the color shading over here, it's clearly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, huge tease. Uh, however, if you don't follow Mark on tri- Twitter, um, you should probably know that he's a bit of a troll. Like, uh, um, <laughs> oh yeah, it's equally likely that he's being coy here, and he's directly hinting that uh, uh, Ray is actually Luke Skywalker's kid and it's also likely that he just likes fucking with people yeah he may have no idea nope um besides that the other thing that i was thinking when i was reading this tweet it was like god he is either in so much deep shit over this or he's just fucking with people i yeah he might be pulling one of the i'm luke skywalker bitch cards you know what i mean like Like, i could see that like it's not like they're gonna fire like okay we'll find a different skywalker like that's not how that shit's gonna work but like uh, i'm saying like somebody is probably like like their head either exploded his handler's probably in a lot of shit but yeah there's nothing there's nothing to do with him like so like like somewhere like jj just called like eight people and was like can you fucking take mike mark's phone away from him like what the hell and they're like jj you're not even directing this yeah He's an executive producer or something like that. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, I you gotta take this stuff with a grain of salt because he is a bit of a troll. Uh honestly though, I'm proud of that dude because he is I mean, I'm not young or whatever, but like he's kind of one of those guys that like he was kind of slow to adopt social media and then once he did, it was like, okay, this yep. is what it's for. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Mark, Mark is definitely somebody you should be following on Twitter. If you're not, if you're a fan at all of any of the things he's done, um, which if you're listening to the show, you've got to be. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So let's wrap up. We've got some comics to talk about. Not as many as we should, because like I said, I'm a big fat failure who didn't read any books this week except for saga. Yeah. Yeah, I just I like Saga more every time I read it. We're kind of on level on level ground now with Saga. Um, I I kind of I passed you for a minute, 
mm-hmm. and then you started reading and forgot to stop yeah a little bit like the other night i was laying in bed and i was like yeah i'm gonna read some saga before bed and then it was like an hour later and i'd read like six issues or something yeah uh so here's the deal uh our our five issue binges uh, binges of saga are they're only going to go on for three more weeks after the show because uh, there's only thirty four issues at at time of recording. So which pains me. Uh, this is one of the the harder things about being a comic comic fan is once you get caught up. Oh man, the wait is just like so long. And and if you're not reading the book and you're just kind of depending on our descriptions, you're actually going to have to start waiting a month between each one because we'll keep talking about it, but we're not going to be able to read five issues at a time yeah Yeah. so this uh this series of saga um we just i think finished on like a bit of a time jump um baby saga whose name i can't remember (laughs) uh fuck yeah uh hazel hazel um we see kind of a time jump and hazel is now like a toddler yeah so we we kind of go into a bit of a 16 i think isn't quite a i don't think we hit the time jump yet i think with 16 we're um we see the actual conclusion to prince robot 4 waiting for the the group to arrive at the at the author's lighthouse and then we see him get fucked up yeah like um gwendolyn shows up uh the jilted lover of former lover of of marco yeah and, and she fucks up prince robot 4 because he is kind of standing in her way yep pretty much um and it's not even really that she wants revenge on marco at this point but the will has been fatally stabbed by uh uh slave girl whose name escapes me sophia sophia yeah uh at this point and so she just wants marco to be like hey uh magic this shit away and then marco's like you yeah, know that only works with our species yeah sorry Oops. bro <laughs> um that was actually kind of a, a, a great series too because um so much hope gwendolyn had for for marco and you know she's going through all this trouble to go get to marco um you know the ex-boyfriend and marco's like yeah no it doesn't work that way yeah so kind of kind of a downer um but well, yeah she's she, a mooney too so you'd think she'd get that you'd think so but i, I really like the whole um you know like well this prince robot guy is standing in my way so fuck him like uh, and it leads us into a good place with his character next because I think what's happening with his character is pretty much awesome right now. Yeah, so here's the thing. When I first started reading this, I didn't know that the royal line of robots, actually, they're not as important galactically as, as you would think from the first few issues. You find out kind of along the series of books that we've been reading um, that they kind of just picked a side at one point and are helping out um and landfall they're the winged people right i believe so yes these uh, are the horn people yeah so like they just kind of sided with landfall and so that's that's where they're at but like the rest of the galaxy kind of doesn't give as many fucks about them as as you would think except for the fact that prince robot 4 has a baby now and i mean I get the feeling they only give a shit about them like the way that we give a shit about the Kardashians. No, I, I was actually going to say the actual royal family. Oh, that would actually be a better like because yeah, everybody's like, ooh, look at look at Kate and Prince William, and they, they we're did, like, yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, they did a thing that was you know something that everybody else does all the time and yeah. isn't actually all that important. Um, yeah, just you know like celebrity for Is the it sake Prince of celebrity Lambert or Prince Harry. Which one's the older one? I don't fucking know. Yeah, see, that's how important they are. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we're we're in the colonies, so uh, I, I, <laughs> us colonials are like, well, yeah. whatever. I, I I know nothing except for that Kate Middleton is hot. She is. And uh, no, no, no. I Duchess think you're right. Kate. I think it's William, and Harry. Harry's like the one that's balding and looks a lot like Charles. Harry's kind of a badass though, because Harry's the one that was like, I'm going to join the military, and I'm actually going to go on missions and shit. Like, yeah. I kind of I, I admired that about him. I did too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong there. They, they seem like fine people for the most part, unless they're like, you know, the crazy sort of like we're royalty. And so we hide all of our deep, deep, dark secrets. But, but unless this is game of Thrones, nobody gives a shit if you're a king or a queen or a prince or whatever. Yeah. Basically it yeah. doesn't matter unless you're like an Egyptian slave or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Prince Robot, not as big a deal as we would have expected. Did we get to the episode where we get to meet King Robot yet in no. 20? Okay. No. So then I'm not going to talk about that. Um, um what we deal with mostly here is their escape and then we time jump. Yeah. We time jump and we're actually now on a planet where, um, Oh fuck. Is it called utopia? Gardenia? Gardenia. Gardenia. What is her name? The, the main chick. Alana. Alana. Yeah. So Alana gets a job as basically an actress. Um, on what is basically a super advanced soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like a super, VR kind of a it's it's VR TV basically. You put a, a yeah. fucking set of goggles on or a helmet or whatever, and you and you're there and whatnot. They sort of look like they're dressed like superheroes, and I get the feeling that that's sort of the plot. Uh, but it's basically a superhero soap opera, not unlike a certain uh, a Green Arrow show we watch. Yeah, and it's it's super interesting too because um, I think it's issue seventeen at like the end of which, uh, like the closing line from Hazel is, and this is the story of how my parents split up, dude which to me was devastating it is because like the whole thing up to this point is like it's almost it's a romeo and juliet type relationship and like that's what you want to see is them doing this but then it's it's funny because marco starts taking her to this dance instructor and obviously there's a vibe between those two yep and might then, be because that's like the second chick marco's seen in like two years but whatever right. but then there's also the story with alana and she's off acting and whatnot acting thank you yeah and uh uh then she's like oh you have drugs i want to take drugs yeah so did somebody say drugs yeah yeah so alana goes off the deep end a little like real fucking fast too yeah i I don't know if that's because like the the medium or whatever but alana's like three like she's like oh drugs sound fun and then like three panels later she's like i need drugs i need drugs right now all the time yeah yeah so that's that's interesting uh marco's mom is still kind of very much in the mix yeah uh although not super important to the story at this point yeah but i like marco's mom she's a good supporting character she's fucking she's such a bitch yeah i love it i love it uh i and hey if you guys didn't notice we remembered their names this week yeah that's what i'm saying like saga gets better every single time i read it uh, it does. And so you also have a little bit of a subplot with the tabloid reporters because they are very much uh, gay and their planet is very much not pro-gay. And so... No, they're like... Um, um, uh, the way we've thought about gays up until about, let's say, like 15 years ago. I was going to say like five minutes ago for yeah. most of our planet. but Could, Yeah, for most of the planet. US-centric, let's yeah. say. Like, like they don't get their, like, Ellen doesn't get a show and, and like, it's a celebrated thing. Like, they're like, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, completely ruin your careers and, you know, kill you, basically. Yeah, so they, they basically go to the um, head honcho, one of the head honchos that's, uh, he's actually the one that sent uh, Prince Robot out into the field to, to get the 
Ilana and Marco and take them out and whatnot. And so the two reporters go to him and he's just like, well, here's the deal. You guys are fags and I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to report you if you speak keep, on this at all. Keep talking about these two. And and then they do another thing where they cast it. He casts a spell on him. So if they actually divulge any of this information, they die a horrific death as well. Yeah. Or no, that's, that's not even them that does it. It's uh they hire a bounty hunter. He has a bounty hunter to do it. They hire the Will's brother. The Will's brother who is... Which is the uh, fucking guy whose name I can't the, remember. The, the something. <laughs> yeah. They're all the... Like, all the, all the hitters are basically prefaced the stock, by the... The the Will. Yeah. The Man, he had a cool name, and I can't remember what his name is. Um, but anyway, yeah, they hire a hitter, essentially, and um, I, I don't know if it was magic. I thought it was like a poison, you know whatever it but but essentially the thing is is that like if they you know so much as think about uh divulging uh um the whole alana marco relationship essentially they the they get to die you know they get to die gruesomely um so that sort of dissuades them from doing anything about it uh until and again are you this far in the book it's not the will's brother is it i thought it was the will has a sister which is the brand the the brand it's the brand is it the brand maybe wow that's just an androgynous. It is the brand. I just thought it was a. I thought it was a dude, but it's not. It's the so brand. did I. I think the way it's drawn. It, yeah. It, it like. Well, she, she she's looks got like, a mask. She looks like. Yeah. She's got a mask, so you can't really tell. But yeah, it's the brand. Yeah. With her Saint Bernard. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the brand brand basically, um, you know, sets that whole shit up. So that that kind of goes away, and I think that is right. I think we hit the time skip right about the same time. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not really talking about a lot of the stuff in order because I think that particular no. story kind of goes into it. But um, Eddie has two issues in front of me right now, so he I think he just finished issue 22, and I I still need to read something like that. 21 yeah. and 22 as well as I might have um, even read 23, but honestly, um, when you read them like this, it blurs together. And honestly, when you really get going, if you have all the issues, it's it's not hard to just go from one to the other. Oh no, like um. This is one of the things that I like about comic books. For as much story as they tell in a single issue, you can sit down and read one in like 10 minutes tops. Yeah. So like I, I blew through, you know, like six or seven issues in probably about an hour. Um, and and that makes it kind of hard to remember which issue is which, but whatever. So anyway, um, we've got the two tabloid sort of reporter guys who are now all but forgotten. Um, as we move into the time jump, you know, essentially where, you know, I think it's about two years passes. Yeah. Um, cause Hazel's a toddler at this point. Yeah. And then they happen to catch, I think they catch Alana on TV. I haven't gotten there yet. So that must be, we must be a little bit ahead. Anyway, it, I'm sorry to spoil a little bit, but that doesn't give away a super lot of the plot. So no, that's fine. Um, but yeah this this book is is so fucking fantastic like obviously it's not a kids comic book um no there's God, nudity no. and vulgarity and whatnot but and drugs and yeah but i mean it's such an entertaining story like it's really easy to get lost in it oh man uh, the, there's so many things that are so great about saga the dialogue the dialogue in saga is amazing like every little bit of narration from hazel is just the best thing and, and honestly, if you've ever listened to us and been like, fucking comic book nerds, blah, 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 like, this is, yes, it's a comic book, by all means. It's not a superhero comic. No, it's a completely different thing. It, it, this is, this is a, it's just a good story told through a medium that I happen to like a whole lot. 
which is you know pictures and words yeah the funny thing that i think about saga is that i don't think that uh or i think there's a lot of people who'd be turned off by it especially as a first comic book um but i i you know like i said i i've only really recently picked up comic books in general and i took to saga right away dude um so if you got a bit of an open mind the saga is just a great book that's the thing like there are a specific group of people that are going to be turned off by saga but that's just people that have been raised in an overly fucking oppressive environment. Like if you're super religious or whatever, and like nudity's bad, yeah, then don't look at this comic well, book. Well, I'm with more that mean from the. Like, um, there's a, if I would say that vulgar is a fair word to describe saga. Can be, and some places, but that's not necessarily the thing you should take away from the the whole book in general. It just is sort of a. Um, it's just a really different story, like told with similar elements, um, but it's a really different story. So anyway. Yeah. If you pick up the book and you get a boner because you're looking at whatever image happens to be on Prince or about four screen at the time, then maybe yeah, this is the this book for you. Like eight tits you're, or something. You're probably not mature enough to read it. But if you can take away the overall big picture of the book, then by all means like it's it's a fantastic fucking story see and that's another thing like prince robot screen is another interesting sort of like weird fantastical thing and and yeah definitely if if that's all you're paying attention to is the image on the screen and not what that exactly represents with the character then yeah i mean yeah it's 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 tits on a screen like yeah uh, in some cases, but that's not, you know, like that's meant to convey a, a feeling, a feeling, a thought, etc. for Prince Robot. So, and actually, we find out a little bit about that in this particular story arc because uh, when he's talking to, uh, is it the is it the writer, the author that he's talking to, and he was like, "What did you see when you thought you were dead?" And then he goes into the story about how it's an orgy. I cannot remember I can't if remember it's the who author. He's to. I think that might have been after the author. I think that might have been after the author. I think he might have been talking to um, one of the, like, uh, Madame de What's-Her-Fuck, who basically is, like, the whore pimp. Um, no, he wasn't talking planet. to her. This is this is before. He was not damaged yet. Or, I mean, this is post-war before he gets shot in the fucking head by Gwendolyn. Okay. Then, yeah, it must have been the author. So, but, yeah, he, he starts talking about how he saw the... Uh, the whole squad he was with in basically one giant orgy, and the dude is like, well, have you ever seen them naked? And he's like, no, this is just... Yeah. This, when I thought I was dying, this is what I saw. Yeah. Uh, also interesting sort of scene. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, keep an open mind, but, like, there's a lot of things that are super great about this book. Like I said, um, every time I read an issue, like, this is another thing that I'm having a hard time. Like, do I go home and read more Saga, or do I go home and watch more Daredevil? Like, it, it's it's pretty up there for me right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird because, like, one book you open it up, and, like, the first page is a robot giving birth and you see a robot vagina and asshole right there in your face yeah and then three issues later you're like oh yeah there was a butthole in that issue like because yeah. it's such a non-issue at that time like because you're so engrossed in the story and whatever it, yeah i mean and again fiona staples fucking fantastic with her art because see that's the thing actually that's the thing about saga it is not um it seems sort of in your face with the vulgar aspects of things but the reality is it just doesn't hide them yeah. Like, that shit happens in real life. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever had kids, but I had kids, went to my, you know, the birthing of my children. Saw your wife's asshole, didn't you? Well, I've seen it before, but <laughs> she had a C-section this time, and let me tell you, not a pleasant thing to watch. Uh, dude, dude, let me tell you something. The first time you see your wife's uterus on top of her? Yeah. 
No, that's fucking and uncomfortable. Pretty fucking weird. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, that shit happens in real life. Like, <laughs> like this weird, gross stuff happens in real life. Like, we're all adults. Some of us have had sex before. Like, it's not like, you know, you watch a movie, like a PG-13 movie, and it's like this, like, glamorous thing. And, like, no, it's messy and dirty and, you know, like, you have to take a shower after or something like yeah. that. And ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we talk about the things that we talk about on this show. And, yes, we have had sex for real and and been to three separate births individually so between the two of us six births for sure so just, just saying. saying so yeah like that's the thing about saga is that it just doesn't whitewash uh the the you know sort of uh gross vulgar aspects of as much um, of it as much as it is life complete fantasy it's also real yeah. in that way yeah yeah all right i think that's all we got for this week um is it yeah Man. only an hour and a half which sounds like a funny sentence right there only an hour and a half um so you can as usual find us on facebook facebook.com slash whatever show you can go like us on twitter at whatever show you can email your questions and so forth to questions at whatever.co and we would love it very much if you would go on itunes and give us a rating um a good bad you know good would be preferable but i will take bad too go give us a rating and uh, spread us out to all your friends um you know there's social media it takes like two seconds to tweet that shit like We'll make more anyway, but we would like it if we could, you know, have bigger fan bases and more people emailing us shit for us to tell them they're wrong about. So what if we threatened to strike? <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody would care. No, I think it would just end up with you and you and me talking about yeah, my wife this would be shit like, anyway. That's great. You're going to stop wasting your Saturday nights with this bullshit. And your wife would probably be like, OK, well, whatever. I'm still at work, so I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I just bought you a $50 table. What do you mean you're not going to make podcasts anymore? That, that actually sounds exactly like your wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, this episode of the Whatever Show is brought to you by our brand new folding table. Um, it's glorious. Here's the deal. Like, we've we've had a folding table in the past, but it doesn't actually belong to us. And we, we kind of went through a stretch where sometimes we didn't have it. And the last time we kind of had it. But it wasn't until later, so we did one show without, and then we did a roundtable show with it, and now we, we have our very own There table have now. been a couple, um, you can see our Facebook for more, but there have been a couple of episodes that we've done on like a play school table, um, which has been super rad and kind of, you know, like... There's a it, picture of us actually doing a show with the play school table on the Whatever We Show Facebook. Yeah. See? See? It's fun. You can go follow us on Facebook. There's lots of funny shit on there. Uh, or at least like three funny things. There's, yeah. Courtesy of my wife. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> um, all right. We'll see you next week. Later.